Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. On this episode, I'll go through some of the top plays at each position, including some players we are still waiting for a big game out of. Also, we'll play a little patience or panic for players like Ezekiel Elliott and Brandon Ayuk. Before getting started, if you can, please take a minute to rate the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. People have said they don't want to spread the word about fantasy consigliere to keep it from their league. So instead, rating anonymously is the best way to help us move up on the podcast charts. Again, like last week, I'm not using a teleprompter. I'm hoping that it's a little more conversational. I even have a story that hasn't been told about a celebrity that I gave bad advice to. So stick around for that. Okay, starting with the quarterbacks. For those who listened to the first two episodes, like I said, I'm going to change up from week to week. I figure the top 12 in each position were getting a little stale. So I'm optimistic that going with thumbs up at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end will help you target players outside the top 12 to play in your league. First up, Daniel Jones. He's quietly the QB4 through two weeks, and now he'll face an Atlanta defense that has a limited pass rush and gets allowed five touchdown passes to Tom Brady. Jones dropped dimes on Thursday night, and for anyone struggling at quarterback, he's a great plug-and-play option that you can keep beyond week three. Even in dynasty leagues, now is your chance to capitalize on most still being low on Jones as a player. Derek Carr's confidence is as high as ever, and while he'll face a stingy Miami secondary, it's a home game, and I'm expecting the Raiders to exploit the man coverage of the Dolphins. Carr is currently averaging over 400 passing yards per game in matchups against the Ravens, and Steelers. Also a thumbs up, Tom Brady might be too obvious of a choice here, but I'm expecting Buccaneers-Rans to be a shootout, and he's still a borderline top five option for this week. Look for Tampa Bay to attack where Jalen Ramsey isn't, and that shouldn't be that difficult with Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Ralph Gronkowski on offense. To get our complete quarterback rankings for this week and every week, go to wolfsports.com and subscribe to Fantasy Consigliere today. Be sure to use promo code GODFATHER. Now for the thumbs up at running back. James Robinson is too good of a player to not break out eventually. Arizona's run defense looked vulnerable last week, and Robinson played 76% of the snaps after more of an even split with Carlos Hyde in the opener. I'll have more on the Jags later on, but I'm not giving up on Robinson just yet. Similar to Tom Brady, Antonio Gibson is obviously in all lineups, but he's a prime buy-low candidate for those who are panicking right now. J.D. McKissick was a star in Week 2, but goal line touches will usually be Gibson's, and Bills versus Washington has definite shootout potential. The extra time to prepare for the matchup should lead to the coaching staff feeding Gibson. Keep rolling with him as an RB1. In San Francisco, injuries again hit the backfield, with Elijah Mitchell dealing with a shoulder injury, Trey Sermon entering the concussion protocol, and Jermichael Hasty out for a few weeks. Still, I'm hopeful the rookies can suit up, and Jacquez Patrick who was just recently signed, is also worth a look in deeper leagues. I know many have completely given up on Sermon, but it's important to remember to bet on talent. Last year, Jonathan Taylor was playing behind Jordan Wilkins for much of the season, and he didn't really get unleashed until November. I'd recommend picking up Sermon in any leagues he was dropped in. The Niners have run all over the Packers in recent matchups, so I expect at least one of the runners to have a big night on Sunday night. Okay, now's a good time to tell the story I said I was going to tell. So this was a couple of years ago. David Spade followed me on Twitter because of fantasy. He, 
I think saw me through fantasy pros and then followed me and uh, I messaged him like, wow, thank you, Mr. Spade for the follow. And if you ever need any advice, feel free to reach out. And then I, it was probably that next week he messaged me at 12:58 before kickoff Ronald Jones or Kenyon Drake and I had them as close as possible in the rankings Jones was one spot ahead because Bruce Arians said they were going to feed him basically and it turned out to be the game one of the games when James Winston I think tossed four interceptions against the Saints and Jones I believe had four carries for 13 yards and Kenyon Drake, he didn't really do much better, but I mean, I still felt awful about it. And I messaged him like, yeah, sorry about that, whatever. And he said he'd have to talk it over with his committee to see if I'd earn the follow for longer than it was. And I eventually got him followed. I think lasted the whole season. He didn't ask for, for any more advice, but it's it was pretty cool to get followed by him, even if I'm now unfollowed. That's a true story. Okay, back to the advice. At wide receiver, you have to stick with Antonio Brown. Low floor weeks was always going to be the danger with him, but I'm sure AB will avoid Jalen Ramsey for the most part, and we should see the offenses just trading blows on Sunday. I have Brown as a top 15 receiver for week three. Next up, Kenny Galladay had plenty of opportunities in week two. Now he gets the defense that gets allowed two touchdowns to the aforementioned Mike Evans. I would bet the few extra days to prepare coming off a Thursday night game will lead to the Giants finding a way to get Galladay more of a priority. Also, I love Saquon this week. He's in the top 10. I think New York's offense is ready to explode against Atlanta. Staying in the NFC East, Jalen Rager was a few inches away from two big touchdowns in two games. He should see favorable coverage on Monday night with Trevon Diggs potentially following Devontae Smith. I'd say the game being in Dallas increases the likelihood of a shootout, and Jalen Hurts will hopefully be more on point with the deep ball after struggling some last week. Consider Rager high upside flex. Now for tight end, which continues to be a position of frustration so far. I, I think I said to start of the season that it's looking deeper, but guys have mostly underperformed. First, Mike Gesicki came alive in the fourth quarter of last year's win over Las Vegas, and I could see the Raiders being more worried about the speed of Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller on the outside. I like Gesicki to have a big game, and he's in the top 12. For the Browns, Jarvis Landry was just placed on IR, and Odell's status is still a mystery. Because of that, we could see a lot of running, but I'm also high on Austin Hooper, and David Njoku is also worth a look this week. Going back to the wideouts for a second, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz can be upside plays in deeper leagues. I also like Dallas Goddard this week, especially if Zach Ertz is unable to get cleared from COVID. He was quiet last season against the Cowboys, but Goddard had lines of 444-1, 469-1, and 991-1 in the three previous games against the Cowboys. Coming off a loss to the 49ers, Philadelphia likely wishes they gave Goddard more targets in Week 2. Now for a new segment I'm going to call Patience or Panic, talking about players that have not gotten off to great start so far. First up, Trevor Lawrence. Long term, I think he's too talented of a player to not become a star, but the Urban Meyer experiment does not seem to be going well in Jacksonville, and I have significant concerns about his redraft outlook. I believe he was my QB 13 to open the season, but Lawrence will definitely drop in the rest of season rankings, published every Wednesday on WolfSports.com. An alarm bell sort of went off on the weekend of the opener 
when it was revealed that the Jaguars don't even have any design runs in the playbook for Lawrence. Running was supposed to be a big asset for his fantasy value, but that obviously won't be the case now. I'd say panic in redraft leagues, patience long term. At running back, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't gotten off to the start fantasy owners were hoping for, and Tony Pollard going off in week two creates even more concern. That said, you have to hold tight, and unless you spend a top five pick on him, I don't think it's time to panic yet. Zeke has historically done well against the Eagles, so we'll see if he can get going on Monday night. At wide receiver, I already talked about Kenny Galladay, and I think the Giants will do whatever they can to get him the ball, especially after a blow-up at Jason Garrett last Thursday night. Galladay himself left a few plays on the field, but he and Daniel Jones will eventually get on the same page. I think that starts this week against the Falcons. Brandon Ayuk is also someone to be patient with. He made a great lunging catch last week, and the second-year wideout started and played the second most snaps at wide receiver behind Debo Samuel. You have to hold tight on talent, and Ayuk still brings plenty of run-after-catch ability along with his downfield skill set. He should eventually break out in Kosh and Hand's offense. Finally, I believe Cole Komet has been mentioned on both episodes to date, and I'm mentioning him again here. The entire Chicago offense seemed to get out of rhythm when Andy Dalton went down last week, but I think the passing attack will eventually be opened up. Komet remains a talented player with a full-time role, and the passing attack should get going in future weeks. In Dynasty Leagues, I'd be seeing what it takes to acquire some of the young talent on the New York Jets offense. Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Denzel Mims would be my main targets. Mims in particular might need a change of scenery, but he's a talented player, and I think eventually, if he gets a shot with the Jets, he's a perfect fit with Zach Wilson's skill set. And with that, Episode 3 is concluded. If you can, please take a minute to rate the Fantasy Consigliere podcast. Again, that's our best way to climb the podcast charts and you don't even need to leave a written review. Just rate however many stars you think it's worth, preferably five stars, and that's it. Also, if you don't already, feel free to follow us on Twitter, at Wolf Sports. We don't have a blue check. We aren't verified because Twitter won't let us be verified. They finally allowed us to even put in a request, but I guess the suits don't want us to be verified for whatever reason. Still, our official account is at Wolf Sports. I understand this was another short episode, but I have plans to change things up in future weeks to expand to 20 to 30 minutes. And you can find all our rankings and analysis at wolfsports.com. Until next time, I'm Dylan Japine, and this was a Fantasy Consigliere Podcast.